Wealth management is not just for the wealthy. Everyone is entitled to their best retirement possible. Welcome to The Retirement Engineer with Jim Cruzan, your path to a bigger, bolder retirement. Brought to you by Caden Wealth Management, a firm that specializes in serving the mobility technology industry. In this podcast, we help you maximize your resources and engineer your best retirement through a process-driven approach so you can get the little things right. Drawing from years of expertise, Jim and his guests will simplify complex wealth management strategies and explore actionable ideas to help you protect your hard-earned wealth and take control of your future. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Retirement Engineer Podcast. I'm Patrice Sikora alongside Jim Cruzan. And now, as many of our regular listeners know, we usually delve deep into technical retirement planning topics. However, with Giving Tuesday coming up next week, we felt it was important to take a slight detour. Today, we're focusing on the importance of charitable giving, a topic close to our hearts at Caden. And next episode, yeah, we'll get back on track. We'll we'll talk about how to integrate charitable giving into your retirement plan. So stay tuned for that. Now, today's guest is someone truly special, Beth Amadio, the CEO of One Warm Coat. Given that we're celebrating our 10th annual One Warm Coat Drive this year, we felt it was the perfect time to have her on. So welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Beth, look, I am so excited that you're here. I've been looking forward to this opportunity for quite some time. As Patrice said, this is our 10th year uh, with One Warm Coat, kind of hosting a, a coat drive. And many of our clients are certainly familiar with One Warm Coat, but our listeners might not be quite as familiar with the organization. So could you just tell us a little bit about One Warm Coat and its mission? Sure. One Warm Coat um, was founded 31 years ago in downtown San Francisco by one woman who had a coat she wanted to donate. And she thought it should be easy to have a place to take your gently worn outerwear and make sure that it got into the hands of people who really needed it. And since that time, it's grown to become a national nonprofit that provides free coats to children and adults across all 50 states. And we also really focus on promoting volunteerism and environmental sustainability. Terrific. We've always felt it important to kind of give back to the community that's given so much. And in fact, we created Caden Cares, which is our kind of charitable uh, initiative. What kind of sparked your interest and involvement in One Warm Coat? Well, years ago, I was living in San Francisco area and working for Second Harvest Food Bank um, and leading their fundraising and communications. And I moved here to Columbia, South Carolina when I was expecting my first child and took a little break from work. When he started kindergarten, I met the social worker at the school and it's a very diverse area um, that we live in socioeconomically. And I asked her, you know, what can I help you with? I'm, I'm not working right now. And she said, I need coats. <laughs> so I started putting the word out to everyone I knew. I said, you know, put your coats on your front porch and I'll drive by and pick them up. And I think within about two weeks, we had around 400 coats. So it kind of became a an annual project that I did with my kids who were really young at the time. And several years later, when I was working at the University of South Carolina, I got a call um, from this national nonprofit 
called One Warm Coat. Someone had told them about me and um, they reached out and said, we understand you used to collect food at Second Harvest. How about collecting coats with us? I was thrilled. I didn't even know there was a national nonprofit that did coat drives. So it absolutely seemed like a marriage made in heaven. And it's been a fantastic, this is my sixth year doing coat drives with one warm coat. Amazing. What, what, what incredible service. It's, it's just, just great. Everybody has a, a, a certain motivation or, or reason for doing what we're doing. So what would you say is the most fulfilling part of your role in one warm coat and, and what kind of drives you personally in, in this mission? Well, I really love that the mission is so tangible. Hmm. It's incredibly easy to measure. You know, it's, you can see an actual coat being given to someone and the warmth that it provides. But I also really like the opportunity that we're providing on the other side of the equation for volunteers, both individuals and organizations like yours to have a way to get engaged in their local community and do something really hands-on that um, provides a very realistic and achievable impact. You know, you, you mentioned tangible. I, I can certainly speak to that. It is amazing when we're getting ready to donate all the coats that have been collected and we just have those things all bagged up and, and we kind of open all the bags and we put them in, in fact, larger bags. So it's just easier to carry. And, and the whole room becomes consumed with all of these coats and all the colors. And it's just this huge pile of fluffiness, you know, yes. <laughs> you can, you can actually see and, and gee, is that pile bigger than it was a year ago? You know, do we have more yes. than we did there? There's something about that tangible aspect. It's really quite, quite amazing. And we call companies like yours who volunteer with us every year, we call you our ambassadors. And that ambassador relationship is so important to us. We love when we see organizations who do it and think, oh, this was really fun and easy and engaged our employees and continue to come back every year. That's a success story for us. Yeah, it certainly makes all of us feel really, uh, really good, uh, and and certainly the, uh, the the size of the pile kind of reinforces all the all the effort and all the uh, the, the goodwill that's generated. You know, this has been a really trying several years, and it would be a total understatement to say uh, it's been unusual times. You know, with the pandemic and, and such, uh, everybody was relegated to working from home. There was questions about social contact, and, and it had to be difficult for charitable organizations. I know in our case, we just got a couple of big waterproof plastic tubs and put those out in front of the building in the hopes that people would drive by and maybe donate without having to go into a, a building, a building that we may have closed down. We may not have been actively working in now, you know, three years removed or so from COVID people are now feeling like maybe things are getting a bit back to normal. Would you say with respect to the coat drive industry, are code drives getting back to normal or have they kind of evolved? Are they something now different than they were generally three years ago? I think they have evolved and I don't think they'll ever completely go back to the way they were. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We have had 
the ability to assist people in holding virtual code drives for a number of years now, but it wasn't a heavily utilized tool until COVID. And then companies realized, oh, you know, we provide a personalized fundraising page for every ambassador that registers. So I think part of what happened during COVID is people realized they could incorporate that virtual aspect to their code drives. A lot of people got very creative with doing code drive drive throughs A local brownie troop here in my neighborhood um, borrowed a church parking lot one Saturday afternoon and really put the word out to people to drive through from two to four on Saturday. And they just literally handed coats out the window while the brownies waved at them and cheered for them and played music. And it was kind of this big outdoor party. And um, a lot of people started doing that or what I call the reverse drive through, which is where you put a call out to everyone and say, okay, put coats in a bag on your porch text me your address and I'll drive by and pick it up. So I think what's happened coming out of the pandemic are um, people are using more of a hybrid. You know, they're, they're keeping that virtual drive that they incorporated and collecting coats again now too, which is really the perfect combination, giving everyone a chance to participate. That's, that's amazing. In fact, my follow-up question was, so what would be some of the unique ways, maybe best practices that, ambassadors like like us would would use to maybe ensure that this year's code drive is even more successful than last year's yes well now that now that there are a lot of workforces that were completely remote that are coming back to hybrid mm-hmm. I see a lot of companies wanting to incorporate um, something that's even more about team building. So I don't know if at Caden Wealth, if you guys have done pocket notes before, but this is a really fun addition to a coat drive where you can set up a table next to the coat collection bin with some little pieces of paper, some markers, some stickers, some even crayons. It started with kids doing this and it turns out adults really love to engage that right brain also. And what it is, it's a little note or drawing that goes into the pocket of each coat before they're taken to the agency. So when those coats are distributed, the first time that the receiver puts their hand in the pocket, they find a little note that says like, somebody's thinking about you, somebody cares about you, wishing you warmth this winter, or a nice little drawing. And it Talk about really making something tangible happen and connecting that empathy. Kids especially love knowing that that pocket note is going to be picked up and read by somebody. Oh, that's great. What a great idea. That's amazing. I I hope uh, Danielle is listening. We'll see if we can uh, implement something like that. That sounds awesome. So, So the way I see it, there are kind of like three ways that individuals can get involved in One Warm Code. You can host a code drive, be a volunteer, be an ambassador, as you said. We can donate coats, obviously, and and you can also donate money. We've always prioritized kind of the physical delivery of coats, raising coats, specifically for Carriage Town Ministries up in, in Flint. And, and part of the reason for that is there's a just a, a hugely significant need for coats in that uh, that area, but we've also been successful in in gathering monetary donations, uh, online monetary donations. 
Can you kind of clarify where those funds kind of go and what efforts they support? Absolutely. So one of the things that at One Warm Coat we're really proud of is that 97 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to programs, um, which is why you know we tend to have the very highest ratings possible from all of the, the charity watch organizations, like four stars from Charity Navigator, Platinum from GuideStar. And what the money that we collect goes towards, in huge part, it's supporting our technological presence. So the maps that we have, we have two maps on our website. One is a map of any place where you can donate coats to a public coat drive. And that gets more than 100,000 visitors a year looking for a place to donate coats. So if they Google or search find a place to donate coats or coat drive near me, it's going to take them to that map and they can search by zip code and find a place near them to take all of their gently worn outerwear. And then we also have another map that has all of our 1500 partner nonprofit organizations, such as the one that you just mentioned, Carriage Ministries, where people can find, once they've held a coat drive, they can find a nonprofit organization to take their coats to. And on the back end of that, we have our team members who vet each nonprofit, make sure it's in good standing with the IRS. And then those nonprofits sign a commitment that they're going to give the coats away, not sell them, and give them away free of any type of discrimination. So, you know, a lot of the funding also helps pay our really talented team that work with our agencies, help recruit nonprofit partners where we don't have any, um, and also help us source coats from other places like large manufacturers, wholesalers, retailers who have coats to donate. Excellent. I'm so glad you mentioned the accolades because I was going to brag a little bit for oh, you, you about. I one should have let you brag on me yeah. instead of bragging <laughs> That's on ourselves. Right. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's amazing <laughs> because uh, in addition to that, I think a Charity Navigator assigned you a uh, hundred points out of a hundred points, and I think a lot of this also is probably true because, really, if you think about it, you're a you're a virtual charity. There's no brick and mortar physical location. There isn't any infrastructure in that regard to support. So to your point, a lot of this money that's raised, et cetera, goes right to the bottom line. And I think that's that's really, really, really important. I know in in, in our family, I established a, a donor advice fund years ago. And all I've been doing at this point is just accumulating money in there. But every year, we have a, a discussion with our children uh, who are now grown adults about the importance of giving back. And as I view retirement, um, I kind of view legacy in, in charity. And uh, one of our hopes is that we'll have meaningful conversation with our kids uh, as to where some of this money should go and then allow our children to kind of vet out what charities that money should go to. And as you're kind of doing that homework, you realize that, man, oh man, there are a lot of really well-known charities where very little of the money really gets to where it needs to get because there's such a huge organization and infrastructure that those donations have to support. So I think it's amazing and wonderful that there's so much of that that goes right to the bottom line. 
Well, thank you. And there's a funny story about that. Our national founder, name is Sherry Wood. She's just an incredible woman who I admire very much. But when she was first starting to really expand One Warm Coat to go national, she hired a consultant to kind of tell her what she needed to do. She had no experience in you know, running a nonprofit organization. And he came back to her and said, I don't think you're ever going to be able to raise funds without a brick and mortar location. And she told me, well, I read his report. I threw it away and I did exactly what I wanted to anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for her. (laughs) Right. And that was 31 years ago. So I tell her, I said, Sherry, you were way ahead of your time. And she says, no, I wasn't. I was just stubborn. But the truth (laughs) is, you know, she really had a vision for how this organization would rest on relationships and collaboration with people and companies and nonprofits across the country and therefore wouldn't need a central HQ. And her vision was entirely correct. Amazing. It's good to be stubborn. (laughs) Absolutely. It it reminds me of the, uh, you know, the story of Thomas Edison, right? Inventing the light bulb. How many failures did he have before success? I mean, I think it was thousands, right? And if he wasn't quite that stubborn, you know, we'd still be, right. we'd have lit candles around us today, right? <laughs> Absolutely cool. Yeah. So, so for many years now, my wife and I have, uh, have pledged to match coats and, and or money donated through our code drive. And that has helped to effectively kind of double the amount of coats that we've been able to, uh, to generate. But I remember going way back to our first affiliation with One Warm Coat and, and your slogan, which was every dollar donated warms one person. Can you shed some light in that? Can a dollar really buy a coat? <laughs> That's a great question. A one, unfortunately, one dollar cannot buy a coat, but because our coat drive program um, does rely so heavily on so many wonderful volunteers who collect the coats, what we noticed is that the amount of revenue that we were getting in every year to support our our small infrastructure was equal to the number of coats that we were able to distribute. And so we realized, oh, you know, from all of the relationship building and work that we're doing to to do outreach, to get more people to hold code drives and more agencies to distribute, we're actually able to facilitate the collection and distribution of one coat for every $1 that is raised. Um, So that's how our impact statement came about. And it makes it really easy to measure an impact of an organization. For example, Caden Wealth, um, I think you guys have warmed 15,000 people over the years, which is absolutely incredible when you think about that pile of coats that you were talking about in your office. And then you think about 15,000 children and adults having shelter from the elements because of your efforts. I know it makes us feel really good. And thanks so much for the clarity, because when I heard a dollar and I was equating it to a coat, I I felt like, well, I'm buying my coats at the entirely wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) 
because yes, they're, they're a lot more expensive than the dollar. They are. And sometimes we do buy coats. It's it's definitely a smaller part of our program, but occasionally we'll have a person, a foundation, a donor who wants to purchase coats for a very specific nonprofit or area of the country. And we do have relationships with wholesale coat don't you know coat sellers who we do get a good price it's unfortunately nowhere near a dollar right (laughs) i can remember uh there have been many years where we would go to burlington coat factory and we would just look at all the children and infant coats and just take the whole rack just we would just uh, reach our arms out as far as we could just pick it all up throw in a a shopping cart we have three or four shopping carts uh and we had you know one coat per one that was donated and it was uh yeah it it felt really good it was uh it was uh yeah i don't think the uh the checkout person was all that happy because there was a there was an awful lot of of swiping and packaging (laughs) and bagging and everything else yes I, I want to shift just for a second because uh, when I was reading your your bio, there was something that popped out that I I didn't even think about, and I think it's it's truly amazing, and it's another way that one warm coat really helps communities. and And what it was was it was it was stated that you know since the beginning of one warm coat, you've been able to facilitate distribution of over eight million coats to people all around the country in all 50 states. But the real impact statement was in doing so, you kept 19 million pounds of textiles out of landfills, which I thought was just absolutely amazing. So can you shed a little bit of light on this this kind of zero waste initiative and and what that's all about? Because I find that truly uh, interesting. Yes, that is kind of my passion project. So I'm happy to talk about that. I I love the fact that we're doing good while also taking care of the planet. We really encourage, we spend a lot of time trying to build awareness in communities across the country. Um, not only that there are people in need of coats and trying to motivate people to hold coat drives, but also really helping them to think about the impact that taking gently worn outerwear items and clothing and giving them new life, upcycling them, if you will, um, to someone else um, has such a huge impact on our planet. And the Zero Waste Initiative was born out of that. So that that started around eight years ago, and it's really, really exploded over the last three years. Last year, the Zero Waste Initiative kept 100,000 items from being destroyed that were brand new items. So we work with wholesalers, retailers, manufacturers that have overstock or irregular items. And we will even offer to pay the shipping if they will let them go to an agency to be distributed to people in need. One of the big ways that companies used to get rid of their overstock was also incineration. Um, And then when there was kind of a spotlight on that and people were calling them out on that, that's when they started shredding them and just basically putting them in landfills instead. So we've really worked hard to do a lot of outreach and we've had some interesting stories come out of that. Three years ago, we had a coat manufacturer who called and said, we have this whole, you know, we did a whole run of coats that had one seam on the outside. 
And so we can't sell them, but it's under the arm. And do you want them? We paid the shipping. We sent them to an agency in Appalachia, which, as you can imagine, has a really high level of need, but a really low number of people organizing coat drives. So we sent it to an agency there and they served as sort of the distribution point for 11 other agencies in that area to come pick up the coats and even some really unusual ones. Like there was a dentist office that provided free cleaning every Friday to people in need. They noticed that their patients were coming in to get their teeth cleaned and then heading back out into this really frigid air without any protection from the elements. So they started handing out coats. So it's had this big ripple effect. How wonderful. That's uh, that's terrific. Well, Giving Tuesday is right around the corner. I think it's actually uh, late November, November 28th, I think. And yes. So why is it so vital for people and organizations to participate? And we're, we're, we're a believer, certainly. But but why uh, why do you think it's so important to to participate, especially particularly on that uh, that day? I really love the concept of Giving Tuesday and the fact that its mission is to bring awareness to the idea of inspiring generosity, and it's grown so much that I feel like now there everyone knows about Giving Tuesday, and it's a really good way to put a spotlight on asking people in this season of spending that's coming up to set aside some of your personal financial investments to go towards a nonprofit organization and a mission that you believe in. And I like the fact that, you know, every mission is put out there and you can really choose which one speaks to you. Terrific. Well, I hope everybody takes uh, takes advantage of that and circle the calendar on uh, Giving Tuesday. You know, I, I think it's it's really interesting. It's an interesting tie-in because as a as a wealth management firm, where our focus is really helping clients get prepared and organized for retirement, a lot of the focus is financial. You know, where are the resources? How do we optimize those resources? How do we create cash flow that's going to allow the clients to achieve what they want to achieve and still ensure the fact that they're not going to run out of money and and all of those kinds of things? But as you're transitioning from working to retirement, it's also a a psychological change and and, uh, adjustment as well. Well, what do you do with all this time you have on hand? Uh, you know, you can't constantly clean your garage out six days a week. So, and you maybe you can, but at some point you probably get bored of playing golf or knitting or whatever people do as hobbies. So, this idea of getting involved in and participating in organizations that give back is really of some interest, uh, especially to us. Can you speak a little bit on on the unique rewards that retirees or or those uh, approaching retirement might experience by choosing to volunteer in, in a firm like One Warm Coat or, or, or another viable charity? Yes, we see a lot of senior citizens who participate as ambassadors. And I do think a lot of them find us when they've retired and they start doing some research to see if there's an organization where they can do something really hands-on. 
And, you know, holding a coach drive, it's not only a great way to really get to know people in your community, because some volunteers really, I mean, you can take it as far as you want to. Some of them go out and recruit local businesses and local rotary clubs and local places of worship to participate in their coach drives. And absolutely go all in. And some of them, it's on a smaller scale, like just holding a neighborhood coat drive where they ask everyone to drop off coats on one day. Um, so it's it's something that you can really scale to whatever level of engagement you want to have. Um, and then the, the next part of that is you then connect with a local nonprofit agency when you deliver the coats. And what we've seen, and I really love this, is a lot of times those volunteers make a personal connection with that local nonprofit when they deliver the codes and end up volunteering there as well. Wonderful. Great. Lastly, what message would you give uh, uh, folks who are listening uh, as we approach Giving Tuesday in the, in the winter season? Like last words of wisdom. Well, I would just say that, you know, every gift is important. And for people to realize that, again, you know, with every $1 donating, warming one person, um, and not just for us, but, you know, thousands of other wonderful nonprofit organizations have similar impact statements. Just remember that even a little bit goes a long way. And you can support an organization, make a difference in someone's life with any size gift. Great. And how can listeners get involved? How can they find more information about One Warm Coat on social media? Yeah. So on social media, we are just at One Warm Coat on every platform. And also if they want to register to hold a coat drive or even find a place to donate coats near them, they can visit our website, which is onewarmcoat.org. Terrific. And by the way, we'll have all that information in the show notes. Uh, so Great. it'll be really easy for people to find that. Um, and, and lastly, hey, if if folks listening are, are local, I uh, want you to know that we are collecting coats at both of our offices beginning October 30th, right up through the 15th or so of December. All coats are donated to the uh, Carriage Town Ministries in Flint, uh, where they're then passed out to the community. Uh, if you want more information on that, you can certainly visit our website. We'll also have links to Caden Cares uh, that will also be in the show notes. Uh, listen, on behalf of uh, my team and all the listeners, I absolutely want to thank you for your your time. This has been this has been really an amazing conversation. Thanks for all of your your work, Beth. Well, Jim, thank you so much for finding One Warm Coat 10 years ago and bringing so much passion to this project for your company. Really appreciate it. You betcha. We're looking forward to a, a big year this year. How's that? I can't wait. I want to see <laughs> pictures. <laughs> we'll show you the mountain of coat. <laughs> All right. So listeners, you just heard this. It's time for you to get into the front closet go through what you've got in there. You know you've got extra coats you're not going to use. So let's get in touch with Jim and, and his people and get those coats donated to a good cause. And Beth, again, thank you so much for joining us today, shedding light on the incredible work One Warm Coat is doing. Great conversation. We hope listeners feel inspired as Giving Tuesday approaches. And remember, next episode, we will discuss how you can integrate charitable giving into your retirement plans. A huge thank you to all our listeners and friends who've donated to our One Warm Coat drives over the last decade. Your warmth and generosity never ceases to amaze.
Please be sure to subscribe to the Retirement Engineer podcast so you don't miss future episodes and follow at Caden Wealth on social. Let us know what you think in the comments and please share topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. Following and sharing this podcast helps our small show make a larger impact. Thank you for listening to The Retirement Engineer with Jim Cruzan. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.cadenwealth.com or give us a call at 800-638-6900. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of Jim Cruzan and this episode's guests, not necessarily those of Caden Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.